Enjoy your blood money. Maybe next week, AW Dynamite can run in Saudi Arabia. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we proudly present this podcast to you in all its glory. They are the bearded wonders, the twin sons from different mothers. He is Blake. He is Sal. And together they are the Blake and Sal Show. And if you're not okay with that, I have two words for you. Stay tuned. I, I love the colorful clothes you wear. And the way the sunlight plays upon her head. I'm picking up good vibrations. She's giving me the excitations. I'm backing up good vibrations. She's giving me the excitations. Hello and welcome to the Black and Sal Show, episode number 388. I'm your host, Blake, and it's weird how this show was kind of the most relaxing part of my entire day. Let me bring on my co-host, first of all, again, in the Big Brother house, but a little depressed because we have, um, what was it, what did he message me right before we came on the air, that, uh, a joke is funny, right? Oh, yeah, there's a Nabisco factory closing today as we're doing the show. Sal, how you doing? Big as a podcast, how you doing? It's uh, it's gonna be sad not driving down that highway and not smelling fresh baked cookies. Oh, that is sad. Let's bring on the man, the myth, the legend, the man who is still in a hammock for some reason and tricks his music to open us up to some revive. Mark, Dad, how you doing? Hey, doing great. As mostly you. Uh, I, I know what you mean. Uh, we have it to, to the place, and you can smell the fresh bakery and everything. It's overwhelming and, and at times intoxicating. Oh, there you go. Um, well, while we're here, what are we opening the show with? Well, song wise. Hey, we opened up with the Beach Boys, Good Vibrations, and I kind of picked it. For two reasons. One, summer when you want to have that good vibe. And two, our wonderful local hometown basketball team, the Milwaukee Bucks, pulled one out, tied the series at two. Oh, they don't have to talk about that then after we, after the break. Uh, <laughs> I forgot. I didn't set up a one How terrible his internet connection is again. Every time. Every fucking time. I don't know. Uh, what? Every day. I will, I, I will say though, uh, I am going to be moving. That thrill. I'm trying to finish the sentence. Um, I, I will be moving okay. back to Studio A soon upstairs because my chair is available now. So I will be going back to Studio A soon. And hopefully, maybe if I move upstairs, then dad's connection won't be nearly as bad. Maybe that's the problem. I don't know. But if I move upstairs and dad's connection still sucks, it's not my fault. <laughs> 
Anyway, so let's get started. Help support the show and find all the platforms you can find the show and other products we work on at theblakeandsalshow.com. And you can buy our shirts, stickers, hoodies, um, uh, 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 bleach tablets for your pool and more from our <laughs> Tee Public store. Uh, click on the Tee Public link on our site or go to Tee Public and search the Lincoln Sal Show. And also you can go to belowthecollar.com uh, and search the show and get shirts there. Hey, do we have our Britt Baker appointment calendar in yet? Not all items actually available. Um, but you, again, back to what I always say, if you get a calendar and you get a magnet, you can put it on your fridge. There you go. We do have magnets available. <laughs> okay, there we go. Um, or if you have a um, bulletin board, you can have a pin and put it up that way. All right, let's go to break. We'll come back. We have a special guest in the waiting room that I'll bring in here and we'll introduce after the break. All right, now we're back. And um, while we are... On the commercial, we actually had a special guest on the line. It's the first time in close to five years that this man has been on this show, which is crazy when you think about it. And I realized he never had theme music on this show. So I um I dug something out and here we go. You think you know me, think you know me, think you know me. Let's bring on old friend of the show, former SmackDown WWE referee, Jimmy Corderas. Jimmy, welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having me back. I, I, I didn't realize it's been that long. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I, I looked it up, and people can look this up on our on the Blake and Style Show IMDb page. We can go to IMDb and find it. And the last show you were on, you, it was November 2016, previewing Survivor Series weekend. Oh my goodness! See, like I like I said before, I've I've had a few ref bumps over the years, so sometimes I forget things. Yeah, so it's been that long. It is great to have you back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But thanks for having I, I, me back on, guys. I appreciate it. Yeah, actually, it was funny last night. I'm doing. I was doing all the show stuff last night, and I'm kind of busy today. And I literally texted Mandy. I'm like, "Do you have an idea for Jimmy Corderas?" And he's like, "She's like, how about Edge's music?" Because he did the forward, he did the forward for his book. And I'm like, hey, perfect. Editing music's perfect. And I'm, I'm like, let's go back to Never Gonna Stop. Because that's a song you just don't hear very much. And everyone relates to Metalingus. So let's go further back and do that. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> it works. Awesome. Yeah. No, it, it, very, very apropos because if it wasn't, you know, Edge was very instrumental in having um, me referee that uh, WrestleMania 24 match with him and Undertaker. So, you know. I'm always I'm always grateful to the Edgester, you know what I mean? Hmm. All yeah, right. You know, as Canadian kids, we gotta stick together. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let me get a couple of plugs in. First of all, um, over on D5 the Mighty Ducks, my other show, this morning you will hear um me with Tabitha Carlisle at MMX regular. She popped up everywhere. No, they actually have a show of her own, but she popped up at everybody else's shows. And here's something I'm actually plugging a Mandy appearance on another podcast. This never happens. She is over on the Pillow Talk podcast she actually did a live show and is now on a podcast feed so go download that right now there'll be a link up in the show notes so um 
Real quick, first of all, um, Dad brought it up in the intro. The Bucks have tied the series, the 2-2 NBA Finals. It's crazy in this city right now. Uh, it, it's nuts here <laughs> with the Bucks. Um, I, I've never seen the districts, the districts so crazy. <laughs> the report from yesterday said over 25,000 in the Deer District. In the Deer District. Not in the building, in the Deer District. So that's in the Deer District. Yeah, Jimmy, when I, when I say the Deer District, it's the, built, it's the area outside of the Pfizer Forum. Right. So, I, I, it's, it's been a while since I've been in Milwaukee. So, you know. Yeah, it's 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 pretty it's pretty big deal here, and um, of course follow up the Tampa Bay Lightning did officially win the Stanley Cup. That was um our last show. We did not have official winner, and now we do. In two weeks, we're going to do full hockey coverage. Me and Sal, but Sal, Tampa Bay back to back. They are officially the pandemic champions. Hey, wait a minute. Is that what they're going to say on their t-shirt? Pandemic champions? I can get away with it. We're good, Jimmy. I, I, no, I just, uh, I'm, I'm a mixed emotion with the, with the Tampa Bay Lightning, you know, winning the Stanley Cup because technically Montreal is from Canada. So you'd think I would cheer for the Canadian team, but at the same time, they eliminated my Maple Leafs. And I'm one of the few people who's still alive having witnessed the Leafs win the Stanley Cup in 1967. So at last, so uh, I was, you know, I was kind of hoping at least they would win the cup because they eliminated my guys. But since they lost, well, Maybe in wallet. it happens. It's, it's one of those things where Wait, it, 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 apparently dad doesn't know how to do a mute button when he's talking to somebody else. <laughs> this is the best thing about Zoom. Dad, Mark does not know how to use Zoom. And he's been doing this all year. He still doesn't know how to use this thing. Awesome. Anyway, let's um let's do this. Let's go into the wrestling section, and we will get on with the show. And um, I don't even know, Jimmy. The last time you were here, we we're like on our fifth different intro for wrestling at this point. We keep changing it, so let's do this. It's the way for the Easter Boy Rick Flair to come on here and say a thing or two. You all deserve this. Under the sea, under the sea. Oh, it's me! But don't worry, you could have seen the commando. And that's the bottom line. Because Stone Cold said so. Akuna Matata! What a wonderful phrase! Stop! Listen! Because... Because... I am Lance Catamaran. All right. So let's get into this. First things first. Um, we lost a legend in the last week. And that would be one Paul Orndorff. The Mr. Wonderful, age 71. He was suffering from dementia. And um, we lost him. And we always throw it to dad first when it comes to people wrestling legends that pass away. But I'll start with Jimmy. Your history with Paul Orndorff. Oh, amazing. Like when I first started up here and in uh, Toronto for the office, Jack Tunney, when he, you know, was officially president of the WWE at the time or WWF at the time. Um, I met, I met Paul before I began refereeing when I was doing, you know, all the stuff that needed to be done that nobody sees, you know, kind of like running and round and picking stuff up, picking guys up, helping with the ring, that sort of stuff. And, you know, Paul was one of those guys who actually, you know, some of the guys are a little bit leery of you because you're the new kid, 
but he was one of the more accepting guys early on, if you know what I mean. He was kind of like, hey, don't worry about things. Take it easy. If anybody bugs you, just let me know, which I would never do because I don't want to, you know, get other people in trouble. But I remember one time they used to do TV tapings up here in Brantford, Ontario, every three weeks for the Wrestling Challenge because they do Maple Leaf Gardens on Sundays and Wrestling Challenge tapings on Monday in Brantford. And then Tuesdays would be Poughkeepsie, New York for superstars. Um, but uh, I was out doing some errands. And when I came back to the building in Brantford, uh, the security guy stopped me and said, hey, you can't go back there. And I was trying to convince him that, yes, I can, because I was. And Paul was the guy who came out and said, hey, this kid's cool. He's with us. Don't worry. And, you know, and, and stuff like that. And then when I began refereeing, it, it, it's funny because I was refereeing a match later on. I started in 87 and this was like in 87. I was refereeing a match at Maple Leaf Gardens. And when I came back through the curtain, uh, you know, Paul pulled me aside. He says, you got a second? And I said, sure. And he just gave me a little advice on how to react and how to interact with the heels. You know, how to be authoritative, but still show a little bit of, hey, I'm a little bit leery of you, but don't, don't look like you're scared crapless. You know what I mean? <laughs> Some little nuances and stuff like that. And he was very helpful and instrumental on in that. You know what I mean? And, you know, when the heel cheats, I try to react this way and don't be over the top, but at the same time, look authoritative you know what i mean so his advice was amazing that's that's fantastic that i'll throw it to you paul Underf. i first noticed him when he was in mid-south and he was starting an up and coming and he looked great his physique was was chiseled and uh he had the it factor um, and then he popped up on Georgia Championship Wrestling where uh, Roddy Piper was at. And then if he was Roddy Piper there, and then he gets the call up. And next thing you know, he's working for WWF and he's still got the physique, the chiseled look and the, the slight hand and the wonderful jawline. Uh, and uh, we met him at one of um, the uh, cons we were at. Uh, stroke up a conversation with him and he's very much into college football and basically knew the standings and, and, and everything else in the placements and he said he liked the Wisconsin Badgers football program he says and it just because of how Barry Elvers at the time had put everything together in the following coaches and how strong the team looked um, we had a nice conversation and I noticed at the time that he had a red rubber ball in, I believe it was his left hand and he was squeezing it. And I believe it was from stopping his fingers from totally enclosing up to seem like he had the start of bad arthritis, but his mind was very sharp. And uh, I knew that last time I lost some weight and muscle mass, but he was still going, he was still being a trooper, making all the appearances he could. And this guy, you sat down for like 10, 15 minutes or you say he can tell you galore. And he's a wonder, wonderful human being. Uh, he did great things and a great legend to the business. And I'm telling you, I think he liked the hue persona better than being a baby face. But that was just my opinion. Dad, was that, was that a con or is that a state fair when we met him? No, that was at... Um, was it real? Heroes Con. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, oh that one. No, no, no. Oh, um, Super Friends. Super Friends. The Super Friends convention. That one. Okay, now I remember. Yes. I had to check my photos. I think I yes, have to look back at my photos. So, um, Sally, you have anything you want to yeah. say here? 
Um, yeah, I unfortunately, you know, by the time I got into wrestling and everything like that, you know, he was already retired and everything like that. So, uh, I'm not like super familiar with him and haven't really seen a lot of matches, but I mean, I was very familiar with him. Uh, and you know, it is very sad, uh, of his passing, but I mean, uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully he's in a better place. Yeah. I, I was going to say the, 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 what everyone knows it, it's Orndorff and Hogan that the rival, the feud from the early WrestleMania era. Right. Well, I even mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't watch it, but I know it. Like if you know it as a wrestling fan. Like that's just a rivalry you know. <laughs> so and I think it was um well, Wade Keller really... that actually said that Paul Orndorff might be Hulk Hogan's best rival. So oh they they drew huge business back in the day, you know, when when they were traveling around and and you know I think uh thanks to Paul Orndorff, I think Paul Orndorff is is very instrumental in the creation of hulkamania because he helped he was that perfect heel you know uh, uh, people point to roddy piper and don't get me wrong roddy was amazing but paul orndorff was that heel that i think brought out the best in hulkamania and helped him mold that character all right i mean one and the heat that orndorff and piper and cowboy bob Orton jr generated I mean, you knew that they were over its heels, and for them to have that tag team match with Hulk and Mr. T, I mean, we're, we're talking that people started throwing things and screaming things and tucking at them. So he got, he went over as he heat legitimately and brought it up to like a hundred plus. So I mean, he did his he did his great job, and if you look at the way the crowd was at WrestleMania one, I were a better. Shield team that we had. <laughs> All right. Well, that being said, let's move on. Sal, I'll I'll throw it to you. <laughs> Take it to the news. This one is still hitting me sad. I hate this. Go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Bailey suffered an ACL tear and will be out for at least nine months. Ah, oh, this one bothers me. It, she was on a roll. My girl Bailey on a roll, and the best heel on SmackDown next to Roman Reigns. Like, might actually be almost a better heel than Roman because everyone wants to cheer Roman. Like, you actually been a better heel. Um, it's it's bad. What's funny about her injury is now they like, realize they have no depth on SmackDown. <laughs> they have no depth. They have none. So they're bringing up people yeah. finally. Oh. Right. Yeah. I mean, I had a total left knee replacement and I was out for a year. At the rehab, that kicked my butt because it was like learning how to walk and step right all over again and i empathize with her and it couldn't come at a worse time and as far as you're talking about her persona i think she's a lot more of a, a better heel than charlotte is I and, but that's that. just my I'll opinion with that i agree with that 100 uh, definitely at this point well uh, the, the problem with charlotte is is she's not a bad heel it's what her current program with rhea ripley it's like it's confusing. Who do I want to cheer for and who do I want to boo? And it, it, there's too many shades of gray and not enough, you know, heel. This is the defined heel. This is the defined baby face. And, and I know, I know in, in 2021, people say, well, you know, everybody likes that. You, you, no, it, this whole business from day one over a hundred years ago has been predicated on good versus evil, the good guy versus the bad guy, the good girl versus the bad girl, whatever it may be. And I think they're getting away from that. There's too many people who want to be that cool heel, mm-hmm. which gets cheered in today's 
society, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yep. I know exactly what you're saying. I know exactly what you're saying. You mean like a, a female stone cold? Yeah. Well, that's yeah. A, I, I feel like what Britt Baker's doing right now, where she's a heel, but nobody wants to boo her. And so she's still being a heel, but the crowd is cheering her. That's what it feels like. You know, that's what that's like. So, Mm -hmm. but it's one hurt. So I, I kind of, I did, I would literally, I don't like post on my like Insta story that often when it comes to wrestling stuff, because most people don't care. And, but when I show them, they're like, no, no, this can't be. So she got a lot of her match at Money in the Bank, of course. Mm -hmm. And so I, I, that sucks too, because I was looking forward to her. I quit match against Bianca. I was really looking forward to that. So, yeah. <sighs> but Blake, you and I had a, a side discussion about how the injury came to be, and and I I agree with you, hundred and ten percent. But unfortunately, the powers that be call the shots, and that's what happens. Much yeah. like everything else, I should really explain what Dad's talking about because it was off the air. I should actually talk about it. Um, the, what, how she got hurt was the that Vince said everyone's got to go back to their performance center and get reacclimated to the ring before they go back on the road. And mm-hmm. that's how Bailey got hurt. So <laughs> uh, I, I think that's a bullshit reason for going down to the performance center. Everyone should not have to get retrained. They're, they're fucking professionals. <sighs> that really bothers me. So... No, but there is, but there is, but there is also that element that uh, if you're if you're uh, a talent and you're wrestling only once a week, you still have to get in the ring and 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 you know get your body acclimated to to to, to taking bumps on a daily basis. You have to get in there and do it. You know that's 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 the only thing. And this pandemic has gone on for so long, and and, and you know, I, I say. You know, I get what you're saying, but at the same time, it's needed, especially now that they're going back on the road and they're going to be doing that daily grind. Very true. Very true. Way about the ring rust, but yeah, this it's. I I hope this is the only injury that comes out of this. I really do hope. You know, (laughs) being hopeful here. All right, so Sal, not gonna move it on. Uh, Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair won uh, best WWE moment at the ESPYS uh, for main eventing night one of WrestleMania. I, I actually thought this is a very big deal because of what the match was, the fact it was in the main event of the Mania, and a weird cross moment with um our the Peloton world that me and Mandy are in. <laughs> that um what was it, Ali Love, honey? That um she did the gave for them the award, which I thought that was a really cool moment. Like it's so bizarre to see the Peloton world and the wrestling world can, can come together on ESPN. Like it was such a weird, weird situation um jimmy any thoughts on this match and this actual moment winning no big deal no it is a huge deal and 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 you know congrats to the ladies and uh, again it is a special moment when the women get the main event of wrestlemania it's and i hate to be the downer on this i don't mean to sound like a downer but it's unfortunate that it was a two-night wrestlemania and they only and they main evented one of the nights i wish it would have been a situation where wrestlemania was a one-day event they main evented that night and that would have been the coolest moment ever you know what i mean don't i'm not trying to take away from this from this at all because it is huge it is monumental and they did have a tremendous match but at the same time i wish it was the final thing we saw at wrestlemania that's a good point but much like um what was that wrestlemania 32 with the um it was um charlotte and becky and ronda so if i remember my year right 35 35 35 so <laughs> I get once again too many ref bumps. It's hard for me to yeah, it, it was, it was, <laughs> in Jersey. I just got my ears mixed up. It was 30. Yeah. 
<laughs> so, all right. Um, real fast. I mean, the funny part is, I feel like every week we come on the show and say there was a, there was a title change in New Japan. But um, <laughs> there was two shows in New Japan this weekend. By the way, I didn't put this in the notes, but Kotobushi missed the whole weekend because he had a um, reaction to his COVID vaccine. And uh, so, yeah, so they had to pull him from the weekend of shows because of it. But um, that's fine. He'll still be main eventing the um, Wrestle Grand Slam show at the Tokyo Dome in a couple weeks. But um, Tensei Naito and Sonata, they actually beat um, Taichi and Zack Sabre Jr. to win the IWGP Tag Team Championships, <laughs> which is surprising. I did not expect that. <laughs> when they booked this match, I'm like, wow, they're putting the tag belt on Naito. I didn't expect this at all. <laughs> Dad, your thoughts? Something that they deserve to work hard. Uh, it's been a while since Sonata has any type of title around his So I think the boost that they need, great challenging team. And, and I think this is good for New Japan. Yeah. They announced the match with Wrestle Grand Slam, the Tokyo Dome show. So that's pretty cool. Jimmy, any thoughts on this? Any Japan thoughts here? No, just uh, it, I, I think it's great for them. I, I, I'm very curious now because I, I know that the audience and I hate, I want to bring this back to North America a little bit. I know that the 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 AEW faithful are very big into into you know IWGP and they're very very much followers of it. So I'm wondering if there's a, a way they could bring this tag team over. I mean, they've already got John Moxley with the IWGP. Uh, you know, you know. Is it the U.S. or North America? What do they call it? Uh, oh my God, you're brain, brain cramp. <laughs> you know, I think it's the U.S., right? <laughs> yeah, the, the IWGP U.S. title, right? right. Um, I'm wondering if they're going to integrate some more, some more uh, IWGP titles into their programming that we get to see here in North America because, uh, you know, it's tougher for uh, North American fans. If you're a diehard, you're going to find it. But if you're not, if you want to check it out, sometimes you got to, you know, Look for it, but I mean, uh, it, hopefully it'll. It, I mean, you know, when, uh, we'll get more interest. Right. I mean, when New Japan was on, was it this? I mean, if you look at their wrestling, it's more stiff. Yeah. I mean, they're they're taking more hits and they're stiff, and and that's the that's over to like AEW. I would love to see something like that. And then what do you think about um so, so like, what do you think? What do you think about like for the more casual fan? Do you think like this partnership between you know New Japan and AEW would be you know a good thing, Jimmy? Uh it's hard to say because um you know trying to uh, it seems that right now AEW is focusing their product directly at the hardcore audience, their audience, and they've bought in 100%. And there's nothing wrong with that because their shows have been entertaining. Uh, yes, from a logic and technical standpoint, I see things that make me go, hmm, you know what I mean? Like, especially with the refereeing. I don't want to go there right now. I don't want to do a rant and go off on, on, on the refereeing issues there. But I think it's a good start, especially now that they're going to be moving over to TBS to try to slowly inter introduce and integrate uh, some new Japan talent and maybe get some, you know, fans there to, to say, Hey, you know what? I've heard a lot about this product. Maybe I want to check it out and see what it's all about. You know what I mean? It, 
the more eyes you get on it, the more curiosity well, you might get. Yeah, I, I actually. Well, you look at Kenny Omega, the the belt collector, and you know, I mean, I, I think it, it it's starting. I mean, when you got Impact and Mr. Omega, the belt collector, I think it's only a matter of time before New Japan wrestlers kind of come in and be on an AEW product. I think the only reason we haven't had more New Japan integration is mainly the pandemic. I think that's the only reason. I mean, mm-hmm. we probably would have. I remember, I remember, I think at the beginning of all that, they wanted to do a big show. They were planning on doing like a big pay-per-view, like crossing over, just like an all-in having new japan and impact and like um maybe ring of honor and aw and all them together wa and do a big big show that obviously this hasn't happened yet due to the pandemic was aw new japan in the cow palace like two years ago that was that was just new japan that was just new japan aw didn't exist when the cow palace show happened. Okay. Oh, that's uh, right. He brought the show over to the cow palace. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That had nothing to do with AEW. Right. That was pre-AEW. Um, I'm going to use this as a transition real fast. For those wondering on our thoughts on Dynamite this week, Sal has not seen the show yet. So we will not be discussing mm-hmm. that because Sal <laughs> is, works overnights and he did not see the show yet. He'll be seeing it after we're done with this. But I will bring up last week with Tommy N debuting at Road mm-hmm. Rager as Malachi Black, and I got to admit, I popped hard. I did not expect this. This is a hell of a surprise. Um, attacking Cody and Art Anderson. They did follow up on this on um, this week's show. I'm not going to say how or how it happened there, but it was a really cool follow-up. Mm-hmm. Um, Sal, your thoughts? I know you're freaking out over there. When I, I mentioned it. <laughs> yes. I'm very excited. Um, bring it on, because I'm just I'm ready to see him in his glory. In the ring, not sitting in the back. <laughs> and um, I'm, I'm still mad at his wife for re-signing with WWE. That's just my opinion. <laughs> we'll get more into that later when we get the money in the bank. Jimmy, your thoughts on Malachi Black? I love the debut. I thought it was great. And the biggest thing I liked about it was nobody saw it coming. I, I hate when you get these little spoilers that get out there and or little rumors leak out and stuff like that. And yeah, we had an idea that maybe eventually when his, when his whatever 90 day clause, which turned out to be a 30 day clause expired, he would probably show up. But I love the fact that it was a complete surprise and I'm trying not to spoil things for Sal. I just want them to take their time with this. Don't rush this story. Take your time. Let it build. Let people anticipate the, him and Cody, you know what I mean? They can, if they do it right, they can milk this to all out. They can milk it if they mm-hmm. do it right. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. And I, absolutely. Yeah, because I'm trying to think of the schedule. Like, um, like the other, other than the show that I can think of happens after all out, and that would be the author ass show at the, the New York City, but that's after all out. All right. So, like, this kid can milk this to all out big time. Yeah, your thoughts. Well, what was really weird is. The rumor rumbling where it's supposedly and that was the last rumor rumbling and all of a sudden the lights go out and he turned back in. You're kind of going, what the hell? It's like the best kept secret that Tony Khan got. It was great because the fan reaction was spot on. Yeah, and of course, I- you know, do the kick on our name and do the kick and Cody you know you're going to start something yeah and one thing I'll give AEW a lot of credit for 
they are great at keeping surprises. They are fantastic mm-hmm. at it. Like, I don't know, maybe, maybe the people in the company don't want to reveal things. Maybe the fact that there's no one back there trying to like stooge out things, or maybe not a lot of people know things. And mm-hmm. they are fantastic at surprises. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, especially big ones like this that nobody expects. So I give them a lot of credit for that. Like, even go back to like the Sting debut. Like, no one's mm-hmm. coming, and it made for an amazing moment. So, like, <laughs> so. Or Miro. Yeah, Miro. Miro is another. Well, actually, Miro coming out was one of those things. Where, oh, okay, cool. He's here. And now now Miro is amazing. Like, now I love Miro right now. He's, his character is fantastic now. So. I, got, I will say this, you know, especially with WWE. They can keep surprises. Like, look back at Edge when he, when he came back at that Royal yes. Rumble. They can do it. I just don't understand why sometimes it doesn't happen. It's, uh, I don't know if it's somebody, yeah, you know, doing it intentionally, letting stuff leak out, or if it's people going into business for themselves and saying, hey, I'm just going to put this out there. True. All right. Um, real fast, this past weekend was um, Best in the World, Ring of Honor, and we're talking about fans being back in the building. They had fans in the building for the first time for Ring of Honor. This is a really cool deal. They didn't have a full house because apparently the Maryland Maryland had a whole different set of COVID rules, and they could only do things in pods. So they had about 560 people there. We're, like, we're watching AEW, and it was like 18,000 people. So <laughs> it was really weird. But anyway, I, I really enjoyed the show. We, we purchased it through Honor Club, so we did not like we paid the full 40 bucket price for it. So that's good. Um, overall, I thought it was a good show. The crowd popped, were great. Um, I'd have a quick note. I just wanted to run through a quick note here. First of all, Shane Taylor, Predominant Promotions, is supposed to be a heel team, and they were over with that crowd like something I've ever seen. Um, Brody King is going oh, to be a yeah. fucking star. He squashed our friend Jay Lethal. Um, and Jonathan Gresham, Match of the Night, beat Mike Bennett to retain the Ring of Honor Pure Championship. Um, Dragon Lee is the TV champion again. Chris Dickerson and Homicide are the, now the ROH World Tag Team Champions. Tosi Green debuted as part of the women of the new women's division. And Bandito beat Rush Roosh, to win the ROH World Championship. And unfortunately, we get, didn't get to see the coordination because they decided they were running off the air and they needed to jump him. That really pissed me off watching it. Um, Jimmy, do you have any thoughts on Ring of Honor? Did you see this show at all? I- I only saw some of it, but I, I, again, I enjoy Ring of Honor. But the biggest takeaway for me is, like you said, having that audience back and having that live reaction because watching their weekly television show when there was no audience there, it's kind of hard when there's no reaction to kind of get invested. And that's what the whole thing is. You want to be invested with what you're watching and having that, like, and again, not giving away a spoiler from Dynamite, but that having that audience there and having them as rabid as they were helped make the show they weren't see it's a fine balance you don't want the audience to be the show but you want them to help enhance the show yeah and that's 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 what i got from the ring of honor crowd having them there helped their product a lot having the the live crowd at uh, dynamite really elevated the product and i'm curious to see what happens on friday night smackdown with a live audience there too because uh different from the canned noise yeah, actually, I, you know, I, I'm willing right. to take this one because Sal will, won't be mad at me. This week on Dynamite, there was a cowboy shit chant that threw off Kenny Omega, which might be one of the funniest reactions I've think I've ever seen. Like that was such a great reaction watching Kenny Omega <laughs> get thrown by a cowboy shit chant. <laughs> That's great. Um, Dad, you watched the Ring of Honor show with me. Your thoughts? I think it was good, uh, and basically. 
the fans coming in. I think the the talent was kind of feeding off the energy from the other matches going to go, which is great. I hope that means that it's going to be a big step in the right direction as time goes on for more fans to come back to see live wrestling should they get uh, entertained and Um, I want to give Ring of Honor credit for probably one of the best fall finishes I've ever seen. When during the Pure Championship match, it was um, obviously it's Gresham and Bennett. And for those who don't know Pure Championship matches, there's like ring, there's you have there's like very you have that you get um three, you get to get three ring rope grabs and all the kind of stuff. And um, Bennett was out of his, and Gresham had one left. Well. Bennett hit his finisher. Gresham got his foot under the rope. Nobody threw his foot. Everyone's watching the pinfall. One, two, three. The crowd pops. And then the referee waved it off because he saw Gresham's foot under the rope. And I admittedly popped. I'm like, that was amazing. Like, that was such an amazing ending to that match. Like, wow. <laughs> great fall finish. I have never seen anything like that finish. That was great. <laughs> Playing the rules perfectly. You know, Gresham has come into his own with Ring of Honor. And if he is this good now, it's only going to be more time that he's going to get a lot better. And other other companies may notice him and may want to have their inner talent. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing I will also say, the Ring of Honor credit. They have they, they actually take their records seriously. Where like AW is doing records, but AEW is actually taking them seriously. And um, where Gresham is now eleven and zero in pure title defenses with eleven different finishes, like eleven different finishers. That that's that that's a stat I did not know existed. Like that was a cool thing to hear. So, mm. all right. Like um, this weekend, besides WWE, Impact has um anniversary, and I'm not going to mm. go through the whole card because I don't think anyone really cares, but. The um the main event is the boat collector Kenny Omega defending the Impact Heavyweight Championship in a no disqualification match against Sammy Sammy Callahan. Do we think by any chance Sammy Callahan can win the title, Jimmy? I obviously I think there is a chance. My my thing is it, it you know the belt collector he has the Impact Wrestling Championship, but in order for the Impact Wrestling Championship to mean something to Impact Wrestling. It has to be an impact star who eventually defeats him for the title, not an AEW-based uh, talent. Sammy Callahan is, you know, I talked earlier about, you know, Shades of Grey and Sammy Callahan being that kind of like edgy kind of uh, character. He could be that edgy kind of baby face for impact wrestling for being the guy to bring the title back home. And, you know, it could, it could be one of those deals where, he gets help from the AEW locker room. He ends up going over, holds the title up. The AEW locker room is clapping, but at the end, at the end of the clap, they go, "We're coming for you, though." Hmm. You know, now it's you, you know what I mean. But uh, again, I, I I want I would like to see it, but who knows? Maybe maybe there's still more steam. I I think AEW's uh, not, not AEW, Impact Wrestling is being hurt by not having one of their talents as their champion right now. I can agree with that. Tally thoughts? It's 
it's tough because it's like, do you want the storyline to end or do you want it to continue? And I can't imagine. I mean, I, I think about the Brock Lesnar title reigns and how he was never around and we didn't see the title on TV for a while. So there's that part of me that's thinking, you know, maybe it is time to, to, to have one of their guys win their championship. And it sounds kind of weird to say that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I can see Kenny Omega losing the title. I don't know. Maybe we branch off into a different aspect of this storyline where he loses one of his titles and now he's gone, you know, batshit crazy and he wants to win it back and all that. So, I mean, I can, I, I can see him losing the title, uh, especially if it's no DQ. It's probably an easier way for him to drop it. That and that's Sammy Callahan's match. That really is his style match. Yeah. I mean, yep. I um as long as he doesn't like destroy anything, I'm thinking kicked out of the building. That's a whole different story. Dad, well, now that your connections fixed, your thoughts. Well, first of first of all, Sal, Kenny Omega's already batshit crazy, so it's not gonna be much of a change there. <laughs> <That's true>. Um <laughs> but I, I, I totally agree with you. I think that the belt collector needs to basically lose a belt and kind of like take a step back and kind of think about this and and go on a different type of storyline or try to kind of uh, either retrieve his item that he lost or go on to the next conquest. But I, I and I agree with Jeremy, one of their guys basically an impact has to hold the belt. Yeah, that's I have to say, I, I'm intrigued by this. I will be keeping track of it. I won't be like ordering the show or anything, but I will keep track of it and see what happens with this show. So let's move on to WWE. Sal, would you be participate in this bit from the place? Ask me. Ask me one last time. What is the count? What is the Thunderdome count? <laughs> uh, so Blake, uh, how many more Thunderdome shows do we have? Welcome to another edition of Thunderdome. <laughs> Someone's excited. <laughs> we are finally at the point where I can honestly say, hopefully, we have zero Matt shows left in the Thunderdome. <laughs> finally. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> Last night I was trying to figure out how do we do this? Like we've been doing this bit for months now. Like, how do we do this? Like, so, end it, let's part it. <laughs> I, I think they should put the property up for sale and, and, and you know, get get whatever they can for it. But that's just my feeling. Um, Jimmy, we've been asking all of our guests, what were your thoughts on the Thunderdome for the last, like, 15 months? Uh, you know what? To be honest with you, I thought it was, uh, at the time when it first debuted, innovative and creative and different, especially during a time when there was no audience, uh, live audience there. But it just... It, it just became video screens. And, and like I said before, you want that live reaction from the crowd. It helps you get invested in the, in the, in the shows. And I think that's part of the problem that's been lacking. Like you, you watch NXT and you see live people there reacting to everything. It gets you more involved. You watch AEW with people in there in the crowd. They get you more involved when you've got a bunch of video screens in the background and some, like I said, canned uh, responses. It's not as inviting. Yep. I mean, it looked good. Don't get me wrong. It looked impressive, but at the same time, 
it didn't draw me in like a live crowd would. Like I, I will say, like Mandy, me, Dad, we all got to participate in the Thunderdome. We all got to do it, and CJ got to do it too. Like we all got to participate. Mandy got on TV more than the rest of us did, and <laughs> it was really cool and really cool at the moment. But like after all this time, it's gonna be great on Friday tonight as people are hearing this to get to see people in the crowd again. It's going to be so fun. I cannot mm-hmm. wait. Sal, any thoughts on as we get into the WWE side of things today? Uh, yeah, I mean, they, they, they got us through some very difficult times, um, you know, when the very beginning of this and there was so much uncertainty and, I mean, everyone wasn't allowed to leave their homes and all that. It served its purpose, but as it went on, it just got more ridiculous. And, you know, yeah, you know, NXT was able to, to have, you know, friends and, and family in the audience, not necessarily, you know, people from the outside, but they still had people in the building. And it made such a difference between watching NXT and then watching a Raw or SmackDown. And, you know, I found myself being distracted by the video screens and, you know, what people were doing and like, you know, who was, you know, walking out of the room and then I'm staring at a blank chair and he's holding up a ridiculous sign. And especially at the beginning when people were, you know, putting up ridiculous images of, you know, Kermit the Frog and, you know, stuff like that, you know, it was very distracting, but, you know, now it's just, it's, it's done. It's over with. And for the love of God, I hope it never happens again, merely for, the big picture, you know, because of just what how the world was and what's been going on. I just I hope it never happens again. Yeah, I, I know Monday me and Sal were joking around maybe we should pull up Thunderdome and do something cool at the end of the show or destroy some screens or something. Like do something. Mandy made a point to me that maybe they don't want to risk it because of the because of the Delta variant going on. And I, I understand they don't want to jinx themselves and fine, I get it. Um, it would have been nice to just have some kind of destruction, but uh, it would have been nice to have something. Especially because we did have the false editor match. It would have been nice to have something. But um, I get it. I understand it. We don't want to jinx things, especially because things are going into the positive direction in this country. Mm-hmm. Um, Dad, you haven't joined in yet. Your thoughts? Uh, and I'll echo Jimmy Stillman. Uh, when they came up with the concept, it was different. And I think that's what kind of drew people in at first. But then as time got on, it was like, you know, whole hum, whole hum, boring. It's like, okay, this is a good time to go to the bathroom or get a snack or maybe read a book or whatever. Or just not watch uh, the show. Or just not watch uh, it. <laughs> um, I just, I said, after you had like about six shows in, I could tell that the talent were having a little bit of an issue and how to gauge their performance and you know, how the move went and, and everything else in the interaction. You can tell. I mean, they're, they're lost without the fans because that's what they look for. That's the thing they feed off of. That's how they gauge on what they're going to do next or, or what move is going to come out or, or, or how they're going to even finish the match. You know, I mean, and without that, you know, that live audience, you it's different when you get the, the canned cheers and laughters and boos and looking up at monitor screens because I think some of the talent are probably even distracted by it. Like, I want to see what this person over here is doing. So that way I can look at that person and say, well, am I doing this right? Or am I doing that wrong? You know, but they they had to do what they had to do. And and I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. Well, let's move on. Our first episode 
because due to the Bailey injury, the um, SmackDown Women's Championship match got pulled from Money in the Bank. But we do get a match this week. It is Bianca Belair taking on Carmella. Um, sorry, the quote unquote self-proclaimed most beautiful woman in WWE, Carmella. <laughs> um, I, I assume Bianca's retaining this belt. There's like no reason to take it off her, but I expect somebody to come out and confront her. Maybe a Sasha, maybe a maybe a Becky, maybe something like that to present her after the match. Jimmy, your thoughts? No, uh, no, I see. I, I, I kind of agree with you. I think Bianca is uh, definitely uh, the choice here, but uh, I, I would really want to save the Becky thing. Okay. For if she is returning, maybe save it for the pay per view. Maybe save it for the SmackDown after the pay per view, something like that. But uh, I don't. Again, I'm I'm very much of this. Let's get a slow build. Let's not rush things too much. Let's let's take our time, especially with somebody like Becky, because you know that return's going to be huge when it happens. It's true. I I mean I, I more think Sasha's returning on Friday. I I honestly think that for, especially because I've heard huh? Mandalorian's done filming for this season. So if that's the case, ah. I expect her back soon. So that's one of the reasons she's been off for the last few months, save her from Mandalorian season three. So Sal, your thoughts on this match and what's happening afterwards? Uh, this was a smart move, moving the match to the, the return to live SmackDown or whatever they're calling it. Um, I, I see Bianca Belair retaining. Um, I was thinking someone was going to come out, you know, Becky's very intriguing first crowd in a very long time. It would get a huge pop, but I think no matter when she would come back, she would get a huge pop. Um, but I, I, I like the thought of Sasha and then them getting like a rematch, maybe at SummerSlam, trying to build that card up a little bit, get some, get some, some momentum back there. So yeah, I could totally see, Sasha Bianca co-main eventing SummerSlam. There is no doubt in my mind. I can see that happening. Dad, your thoughts? I think, you know, uh, it, this is intriguing. And I don't see Bianca basically losing the title. But, I mean, if you look at the women's roster and who do you like to come out and challenge um, Bianca is it, it, kind of like the same top three and you want to see someone different come out to make that challenge. So let's see what happens on Friday night. And we're hopefully, you know, someone will step up and say, I wanted this. True. All right. Well, speaking of which we have fans back, we have pay-per-view on Sunday. So. Yeah, I will say, though, for the first time in years, they actually changed the Money in the Bank team music. This is the first time in years. So, yay for that. Finally. I was getting sick and tired of that old music. So, there you go. <laughs> um, that was the people that do the music for WWE. The song was called Gonna Get It. Sure. Let's go with it. Um, let's get in to Money in the Bank. Let's start with the bottom of the card. The match that was added to the show that originally was supposed to be on the first Raw after the crowd, but they moved in here because they had a face over because of the bail of the injury. And that would be the WWE Raw Tag Team Championships. It is AJ Styles and almost taking on the Viking Raiders. Um, wow. I, I, this is a hell of a match. I just, there's no way you're taking the belt off AJ and Olmos when we are, I have a weird feeling they're setting up AJ and Olmos versus RK Bro at SummerSlam. 
So that's just my opinion. Dad, I know you're like a massive Viking Raiders fan. So what do you think? Yes. I, 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 I see them coming close, but I don't see them taking the belts off. Not yet. Not right now. I mean, the AJ and almost storyline is great. Uh, it's the my bodyguard, and if my bodyguard protects me right, there's no way we're going to lose. So, uh, yeah, well, go, let's see what happens going into SummerSlam with AJ and Almas still having the belts. All right, then, um, Sal. Uh, yeah, no, I see. I see them retaining, and uh, uh, oh, I, I am hoping an RK Bro feud because I would really love to see them as champion. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you guys, man. I, you know, at first I wasn't huge on the whole uh, Matt Riddle as Spicoli from uh, Fast Times, but uh, this 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 whole merger with Rated RK Bro, Rated? No, uh, but RK Bro, it's it has grown on me so much. I mean, it's so entertaining, and you know, you, you know, props to Randy Orton for making this work too, because it's it takes two to make yeah. this work. And unfortunately, I hate to say it, I don't see the Viking Raiders uh, coming out of this with the titles. But uh, at the same time, I am enjoying AJ Styles too. Uh, he's 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 entertaining to watch not only in the ring but also on the mic as well now. Yeah, I mm-hmm. agree, and I think the Viking Raiders would be happy this show, this match got put on the pay per view because originally it was supposed to be on Raw. Now they get to be on the pay per view, so that's a good thing. Yeah. Hey, is Riddle still pulling up the missing sign for Randy Orton? <laughs> well, we'll get to Riddle in a few minutes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll get the riddle in a few minutes. Um, let's go to the WWE Raw Women's Championship match. Jimmy brought it up earlier. It is Rhea Ripley defending against Charlotte Flair. Jimmy, let's start with you. You you talked about this match earlier. This matchup, this weird skewed we're having. Your thoughts? No, I see. Th- this is the problem for me. Again, two very talented uh, wrestlers getting into a match, but I don't know who to cheer for. I don't know who I want to see win. It's very, uh, you know they're both acting like heels towards each other. And it's not like the cool uh, edgy baby face that's uh, versus the uh, heel. It's it. They're both acting very heelish. And I, again, I want to go into a match and want to, and, and want to be able to suspend disbelief for a little bit and say, Hey, I want this person to win. I want that person to lose. Uh, I'm not getting that vibe from this match, unfortunately. Yeah. I, I kind of feel the same way, but I don't, I don't know if they're going to hit the belt off or yet. I honestly don't expect them to at all. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That being said, I don't see Charlotte uh, coming out of this with the title. <laughs> yeah. I don't see it either. Um, Sal, I know you just love when Charlotte gets out of matches. <laughs> I do. It's the best thing in the world because she gets like 20 of them a week. Um, <laughs> I, I, I agree. I, I think honestly, the, the whole sole purpose for, in my opinion, of this whole feud is to really help Rhea skyrocket to the moon. You know what I mean? So, and Charlotte's the person to do it. Um, I, I, I think Rhea is going to win by some sketchy tactics um, and to really continue on as this heel, but people want to cheer for her and she's got this cool makeup. So, yeah. <laughs> Careful, Sal, because if she wins by sketchy means, that means Charlotte can ask for a title title match. <laughs> Remember that. <laughs> Remember that. I mean, it's uh, been happening for a while now, so. That good. Um, you know, I, I think it's hard for Charlotte to figure out what gimmick she's supposed to do. Is she supposed to be the queen of hearts? 
Is she supposed to be like a Cruella DeVille? I don't know. So I think they kind of mixed them both together. And she is not coming off as, you say, the cool heel or the edgy baby face. You know, and I think people are more behind Rhea Ripley and you want to see Rhea succeed. And the only way to do that is to beat Charlotte and shut her up for a little bit. Um, by the way, Mandy's sitting here listening to the show in, in person here, and she did yell out the idea maybe Becky comes out and interferes and costs Charlotte the match. Hmm. Uh, hmm. I, I like that because that gets Charlotte out of the title picture. And then if all's good, you're going to do a hmm. Becky Charlotte match at SummerSlam and have Becky go over there. So, can we do that? Can't we have. What yeah. about Ronda Rousey coming out? She's hmm. pregnant. She's very pregnant. <laughs> that would be a surprise and, then. And and, <laughs> and Seth is the father? No. Let's not go uh, there. Let's not even go okay. there. What's his provide? Okay. Ooh. Oh my god. <laughs> do, do, a, do, the, do the Mori Povich thing. You are. There you go. WWE family court. There you go. All right. Let's move on to the money in the bank ladder match. Let's start with the men's side because they actually have a full a full on match here. Um, representing Raw, we have Drew McIntyre, Riddle, Ricochet, and John Morrison. For SmackDown, we have Big E, Kevin Owens, King Nakamura, and Seth Rollins. I'm going to guess um, Nakamura comes out first to get, get Boogs out of the way and get that done first. <laughs> but um, I, I don't know where to go with that. Sal, I'm going to start with you. Um, I, I have a real good feeling Big E's going to win. I think this might be his opportunity to finally get into the main title picture. Uh, and obviously the whole money in the bank thing is like the perfect opportunity to do it. Um, so I, I, I think I'm going to double down and say Big E is going to be Mr. Money in the Bank this year. Oh, I like that idea a lot. Actually, I do like that. Dad, what do you think? I kind of agree with Sal. You know, he's kind of like uh, the person that you wouldn't think would be able to win but does uh, in this situation because I think that you're going to have gender and the stripe come in after Drew and then you're going to have other people come in after everyone else and I don't, I don't think uh, Commander Aziz is going to kind of come out blatantly but we'll see what happens but I would, I would love Big E to take this and basically Hang on to this case and utilize it to his advantage. I, I do, I do like that a lot. Um, my my brain is actually going a little different, and it's just because I have a weird feeling that Riddle is going to win this thing. And, um, <laughs> and especially he was doing that whole thing. I can cash in on the tag team championship. This is the dumbest thing I've heard in a long time. <laughs> was, oh yeah, he did make that line. Didn't I, I he? Mm-hmm. Riddle winning, and then weren't telling him. Save it for a world title match. <laughs> I can only see that kind of happening. I can only see that kind of happening. Uh, <laughs> and then you can do it. Like, I think I, I forgot when I heard it. That somebody threw in there. You can have him carrying around like Burger King food in there. Because he loves talking Burger King so much. Mm-hmm. And going in there. Like, do a lot of what you're trying to do with um, Otis last year. Oh, my God. The possibilities would be endless. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. My goodness. So much. Oh. Um, Jimmy, go ahead. I like both those choices. I like I, I like Big E having that opportunity, but 
then does he cash in against a Roman Reigns? And Roman Reigns looks like he's going on to bigger things at WrestleMania. You know, you know, we hear the rumors out there. I don't want to yeah. reiterate them here, but we, we know what they're talking about and what's being uh, thrown out there. And, and that is huge. And I don't want, I don't want Big E to be a casualty of that storyline going forward. Uh, I do like the Matt Riddle thing because I think the, uh, you know, when comedy is done right in wrestling, it can, be, <laughs> it can be brilliant. And Matt Riddle with the Money in the Bank briefcase and Randy Orton, you know, when he's going to cash in and Randy, you know, talking, not yet, not now. <laughs> you know, and Riddle, no, bro, this is the time to go. Are, are you going to listen? Then, you know what? Then, I mean, and then, yeah. yeah, Randy does this, and then all of a sudden, yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I think the, I think, I think the more entertaining, uh, Choice could be Matt Riddle. Yeah, I, I I do love the idea. Where is Orton, by the way? Where is he? Like Riddle's acting like he's dead. Like where is he? Well, if if, if you ask Riddle, he's a uh, gone. <laughs> um, maybe just throughout there, I see things Riddle put out a missing person report. So <laughs> there you go. Maybe he maybe he's a casualty. Maybe he got hit with one of those flip flops when he came. Oh. <laughs> Ouch. All I need now is a milk carton with Orton's picture on it. Yeah. That's what I need. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, if you want to really make the storyline interesting, you can have Riddle talking to an officer to file a missing person report. So when was the last time you saw him? Uh, and then you got the Spicoli app going. Um, so Maybe you just showed me something. Apparently, Riddle legitimately put out a missing person report on Orton on, on a Twitter account. Tremendous. <laughs> Tremendous. <laughs> Have you seen my bro? Here, here's the picture. That's great. Oh, apparently he tried to, and they wouldn't let him because they're not re- they're not related. They're not actually bros. That's really funny. That's hysterical. That's great. <laughs> you start taping the pictures on the lamppost. Oh my god! All right, let's move on to um, the women, the women's, the women's money in the bank match. Um, for uh, for um, Raw, we have Asuka, Naomi, Alexa Bliss, Nikki Ash. On the SmackDown side, we have Liv Morgan, Melina Vega, Natalia, and a mystery person that they might reveal on a Friday. They might wait till Sunday. I don't know. We'll find out. Um, Jimmy, who do you think the mystery person is going to be and who wins this match? Oh, man. Uh, it, it, we talked about her earlier tonight, today. If the mystery person ends up being Becky Lynch, I think that would be a huge moment. I think that's, you know, when the live crowd will lose it and go absolutely banana, as the late great Pat Patterson used to say. Uh, and if, if she ends up being the surprise person, she has, in my opinion, has to be the one to come out with the money in the bank briefcase. And just to reiterate uh, how much of a badass she is, she calls her shot. As opposed to uh, making it a surprise, you know, like uh, all of a sudden she shows up to cash in her money. No, this is the day. This is the show. I'm coming for you and I'm cashing it in. I, I like that idea. I do like that idea a lot. Um, okay, Jimmy, to your question, do you have Becky enter the match on Friday or on Sunday? Um, I would I would leave it as a surprise. Okay. I, I wouldn't do it on Friday. But then again, there is merit to, you know, doing it on friday because now you got people going who may have been on the fence about you know watching mm. the paper you're going oh becky's yeah. in it 
now I want to see this. That's true. That's so, so you know, it's it's like six of one, half a dozen of the other. You're, I'm on the fence with this one. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I do like that. Um, I'm going to go with half and half here. I'm going to go with something Manny just threw out there. And actually, I'm going to say Sonya Deville puts herself in the match on Friday. But, Ooh. but, That's on Sunday says somebody else bigger taking your spot. And that'd be Becky Lynch on Sunday. Instead. So then Uh it's a real big surprise because you're not even promoting it. It's not an open spot, but Adam Pierce makes it an open spot on Sunday. (laughs) So I'm going to go that would be intriguing. And then, of course, you have Becky win. But I love Jimmy's idea of having Becky call her shot. Because we don't do that very often in Monday Night. I really like that idea. So, Sal, go ahead. Yeah, I I was thinking I was thinking Sonia Deville was gonna put herself because I mean she's not injured or anything, right? I mean she she is medically cleared to wrestle. Am I wrong? She was there. Hurt. She took on off to deal with that um stalker lawsuit thing that was going on, right? And now that's back from that. So from the I know she's never actually with her. Right. Okay. So I was thinking I was thinking she was gonna put herself in. No substitution, so. Um, and as far as winning, I have no idea. <laughs> I mean, I really have no. Idea. I mean, I mean, at this point, let's let's give it to Nikki because she's she's on this role um, on Raw, and yeah, why not? I mean, we, let's see what she can do. Uh, I'm going to throw out one thing here: if Becky does it in the match and ends up being Sonya in the match, I'm saying Liv Morgan wins the match. Actually, I'm going to throw that out there as my dark horse win okay. for this one is Liv All Morgan. Right. Because this feels like they're doing something with her right now. So, uh, but that would be pretty cool and be a good. Like they're always doing something with her, and then nothing comes to fruition. And that's why you get for this because this is actually doing something for real. <laughs> doing something for real this time. <laughs> yes. Um. Besides, Axel just sitting in the bathtub, like Mandy just eloquently said in the background, which made me chuckle. Dad, your thoughts on all this? Okay, I'm gonna kind of really go out on this and say the mystery lady. What if it's a legend like a Trish Stratus or Alita or Beth Phoenix that comes in. I, I think Beth Phoenix. I could totally see Beth Phoenix. That would be really cool. And and comes in and basically she, she kind of upsets the balance, which leads to Nikki winning the match. Okay. Hmm. I, I like that idea. Um, Mandy threw out another suggestion. Maybe Tony Storm be the, the fourth person on the SmackDown side. But she's debuting. Soon. There you go. That's there you go. That would work. That's a cool idea, actually. I like that idea, too. So so that it'd be somebody new and we have a fresh thing in here. And matter of fact, I'm looking at the lineup. The only person that is one money in the bank in here is Oscar. He's the only one a former money in the bank woman side. So that's cool. Right. So, all right. Um, let's get to our main events that are not money in the bank. We have the WWE championship match. It is Bobby Lashley who cut one of his best promos of his entire career on Monday. Um, that was a phenomenal promo on Monday um, with MVP taking on Kofi Kingston with Xavier Woods in his corner and the trombone that really annoys Wade Keller. Um, <laughs> Jimmy, is Lashley dropping this belt or not? Ah, uh, you know, it would be a cool moment for Kofi, but at the same time, I don't see it happening because, I, again, I hate to, to, to play off of rumors and speculation and stuff like that, but I think there is a bigger fish out there in the pond for Bobby Lashley right now. As much as I like Kofi, as much as I'd love to see it happen again, at the same time, I think there's a bigger 
um, I don't even want to say fish. I want to say a shark out there mm. that 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 has a potential to, to for a matchup that really we want to see. So uh, if I was a betting man, and unfortunately I am, uh, I, <laughs> my, my money my money would go on Bobby. Um, I'll say it because I actually said it like on the show weeks before they became rumors. It was um Brock Lesnar, and it I said that weeks ago before it even became the rumor in the news. I kind of threw that the match I'd like to see is to have Bobby beat Brock Lesnar. I think that'd be interesting. But then I start Brock Lesnar's haircut, so I'm not 100 sure if he's coming back from that. <laughs> sure, the, right. the um Alex Hammerstone haircut that he has currently. I I don't know if he's coming back or not. <laughs> um. So I, I am going to lastly winning this match, though, definitely. But it's good. I think it's going to be a better match than people are thinking it's going to be. Because people are like, oh, mm-hmm. he's going to kill Kofi in like 10 seconds. They're like, no, I don't think they're going to do that. Kofi twice. They're going to do that too twice. Um, no. I'd have to be outcry the first time. Um, Lashley's retaining, though. Sal? Yeah, I, I agree. I think uh, Bobby Lashley's going to retain, uh, you know, building up to something huge. Uh, Kofi... I have a real good feeling it's going to happen again. It's it's just not going to happen at Money in the Bank. That makes sense. Yeah, I don't see. I don't see uh, Kofi taking a title right now, especially when um, even though his character has kind of gotten what's more aggressive and in your face, I. I, I don't see Lashley dropping the title because his, his character swirling is too strong. What I'd like to see is Brock come in and with Heyman, and now you got this little war of words between Heyman and MVP. Let's see how that plays out. I mean, I will say bringing, bringing Brock back does add an interesting situation with Heyman because of him mm-hmm. being with Roman, but I remind people that but Heyman did manage CM Punk and Brock Lesnar at the same time. Correct. And it was two so, different Heymans. It was two I mean, Heymans, so. it, it, it'd be a war of, of words and wit between MVP and Paul Heyman. It'd be That'd great be to see on, on the mic. And I, I think for Lashley to break away from MVP right now is not good for the storyline. No, I agree with that 100%. I think Lashley could stay with MVP. But keep him in line like he did on Monday. Like, no, just, I want to be serious. No more ladies. No more distractions. I just want to be a serious badass like you can do. The problem I'm going to have here is what we're going to have is Lashley. There's no way in hell they're not going to cheer the crowd. It's not going to cheer Lashley against Brock. Like, they're cheering Lashley. That's what oh, happened. Oh. Like, there's no way. <laughs> you're, you're, you're going to get a good crowd pop for Kofi, and you're going to have all the energy behind Kofi, but it's not to be for that night. Oh, yeah. I'm just saying, like, even in Vegas for SummerSlam, I can see Lashley being more over than Brock. Like, I can totally see it happening. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Man, you just threw out that. What? what is it? They ended it before Lashley could have the whole train in Vegas. <laughs> oh, my God. Anyway, um, let's get wow. to our event. It is um, the Universal Championship, speaking of Paul Heyman. Roman Reigns defending against Ed. And I, 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 as everybody knows, I am the biggest Ed fan on this show, and I've been saying it for years. But there's no way to hell Ed is winning the Universal Championship on Sunday. There is no way. Um, going to you win know. The and I'm going to throw it down in a second because I know, for some weird reason, ever since Roman Reigns turned heel, 
Ray, who picked Roman Reigns every match for years has been picking against him. So I'm going to throw to him first. Go, Dad, go. I, you know, never say never. You know, I always used to say, okay, yeah, Roman Reigns is winning. But when... <laughs> you were right. <laughs> you know, but when Edge is cutting these great promos and he's going against the bloodline and he's already got Roman once in a compromising situation... And then when the Uso brothers in, you know, Edge is like radar focused. He's right there. He's like got that tunnel vision just for Roman. And, you know, let's build this up and, and get to a point where basically, yeah, Roman does drop the belt. Now the bloodline kind of kind of goes all over the place to figure out what's going to happen next. There is no way Roman Reigns is dropping the title anytime between now and even WrestleMania. There is no way it's not happening. <laughs> Jimmy, I no, I don't. I, I, I don't see it happening either. I mean, I, I get, I get, I get what you're saying, but at the same time, I, I see this being a hell of a match. This is going to be very intense because a Edge is motivated. Um, B Roman Reigns is in a different zone right now. He has found himself, and and he. He, he's great at telling stories in the ring right now. But what I see happening is maybe some potential interference from the Usos. And we got Dominic and Ray taking care of that and evening the odds once again. Then somehow Seth Rollins gets involved and costs Edge the championship in this match. And then they branch off into a... Oh, I forgot about this. Seth Rollins. Yeah, yeah, I think, I think, uh, I think uh, the Friday Night Messiah... Uh, causes the problem here on Sunday night, and <laughs> they branch off into a, a what could be a very very entertaining rivalry. Um. So, uh, Mandy wanted to say something on behalf of CJ. So, so your son said that Daniel Bryan would find a way to insert himself into the Money in the Bank match, win it, and then turn it into a triple threat. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Oh, hey, oh, you know what? Year old. I love That's, it. That is not a bad storyline. Oh, wow. That is a kid. Wow, I got to give that to him. That is cool. I, I forgot about Daniel. Oh, that's fantastic. I love it. That's I forgot great. about Daniel. All right. Well, that is our show. That is our card. That was that was great. Um, well, great way to end it. I'm not going to lie. That was a great way to end it out. Um, let's hit this. And Sal, what are we closing the show with? I did not expect this to be a combination of a closing the show. <laughs> um, so thank you again to Sirius XM's uh, covers channel on their app. Uh, I, this was a collaboration cover I never knew existed. It's Train and Kenny G doing a cover of Careless Whisper. Yes. You're welcome. <laughs> yes, I, I, I've and heard Jimmy's that. Intrigued. I've never heard it before until this week. I heard, I heard it, and it is really, really eerie. And how in some areas you get the uh, Kamanahan that sounds really like George Michael. So it's wow, it's kismet. I will say, I think this could be reading the tall story real fast. Um, on our Facebook memories this week. It came up that um, me and Mandy went to see Train and Kelly Clarkson at Summerfest. And um, Mandy got on stage. She sang with Pat Monahan and on stage sang Don't Stop Believing. So I just want to tell that story real fast. So there you go. And there's video and there's pictures of it. So there you go. I'm curious to hear this now. Kenny G, too. I'm I'm curious to hear this now because I feel so unsure. (laughs) Sorry, see what I did there? And Uh, and here's here's my cheap plug. Here's my cheap uh, plug for the day. 
All right. Go, Jimmy. Go, Jimmy. Okay. For more information on our show, including where you can listen, go to our website, theblakeinsalshow.com, our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram pages, and please comment or leave a rating and review, and we will read it on the show. Oh, we are part of the Wisconsin Podcast Association and the National Podcast Association. For more information, go to podcastassociation.com or go on their Instagram page where we are featured at least once or twice a week. Normally, I throw it to Dad next, but I'll throw it to Jimmy because he already picked his mug up. Get your plugs in. Go. <laughs> there we go. Ref and Weekdays on my uh, all my social media accounts uh, at Jimmy Corderas on Twitter, at real Jimmy Corderas on Instagram because apparently somebody else I don't, anyway, oh, but uh, yeah, <laughs> that's weird. And, and please take them for what they are. They're meant to be constructive criticism, having fun, not to throw people under the bus. So, all right, now I'll throw it to dad. See your thing. Go. Hey, as always, it's been your pleasure. And please, if you do have a local independent wrestling organization where you live, please go patronize these people. These are the young men and women that are coming up in the world of sports entertainment, professional wrestling. They want to show you what they can do. They want to entertain you to get to the goal of working for a major company. And they would love to have your support. No, and um, one thing, one thing, yeah. I'm sorry, guys, I forgot when my, when I was doing my cheap plugs, I also have ref and rant t-shirts available at pro wrestling tees.com. So if perfect. I can throw that out Absolutely there as well. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> um, next week, Sal's taking the week off. As, um, and I just confirmed this right before we came on that um, Kelly Well is coming back on the PW Torch and we'll be previewing New Japan Wrestle Grand Slam <laughs> Hope no, Don't Show Me Dad and Kelly will be doing that next week so that's going to be a lot of fun another victim for the dungeon oh god Kelly is a regular on this show and a good friend of the show so he'll be back next week alright that all being said let's get out of here got, guys I just realized something this is the last show the three of us are doing until SummerSlam because we're taking a couple weeks off in a couple weeks. This is our last show to three of us until SummerSlam. How did that work out? Wow, I don't know. I just realized that just now. So, oh, there you go. All right. Well, that being said, let's get out of here. Um, I'm Blake. Oh. I'm Mark. And um, thank you so much, Jimmy, for coming and, on the show and, today. And there's Jimmy. Thank you for having me, guys. Very much appreciate it. Oh, yeah, thank, thank you for you, being Jimmy. on. We appreciate it. You're more than welcome on the show at any time. This is definitely a lot of fun today. Um, but don't take it five years the next time you're on the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. And that all being said, thank you all for listening. You were listening to The Blake and Sal Show. Have a good day, everybody. Hey, yeah. we love you guys. Play safe. Be safe. And please, just love each other a little bit more. so very much goodbye and good night